Tonight on Sci-Fi Saturday Night, cooking with the Daleks. Enjoy the recipe that will exterminate your species. We will begin a mass invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. Don't think you can be so easily! It is now time for us to put Earth under our roof. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess that we will give you witchcraft. You expect me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Five by Saturday night. From the Pixie and Dixie Cup Recycling Program, deep on sub-level 21 of Area 51, tonight we're proud to present the animated version of a streetcar named Desiree, featuring an all-hand-drawn chipmunk cast adapted for radio by Stephanie Meyer's younger brother Oscar, featuring the voice talents of Linda Carter, Pam Anderson, and once again the beguiling yet waterlogged Esther Williams. Hello and welcome to TalkCast 295, this week's edition of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Enjoying a pinched nerve in my leg, which I'm blaming on Scully and Mulder, I am the Dome. Joining the TalkCast tonight, the rest of the gang of five, in the Revere Time Vortex, the technical anarchist, button pushing her way to the stars, our own girl genius, Kriana. That's what they call me. Uh, among other things. From the stacks of her personal spates in the dank dungeon reading room and industrial trailer parking lot with new and improved grafted clone vegetables, welcome the Zombrarian. Okay, so every time we use that opener, I think about how we really should have that segment someday. Cooking with the Daleks? Yeah, Cooking probably. Cooking with the should. Daleks, yeah. From a galaxy further and further away as time dilation insists it must be, the Lady of the Lake with opinions and enjoys sharing them when not on medical leave. So she's here tonight. Welcome her, Sir Sarah Lady Knight. JavaScript is my new enemy. It's everybody's enemy. <laughs> Back from his Skywalker Ranch dressing internship, it's Carbalicious Fun, our Midwestern correspondent having spent the past 11 weeks Undercover at the Sandy Duncan Institute Perf Peripheral Vision. It's the guy who likes shiny stuff, Awake by Java. <clears throat> um, can I just say that it, the Fallout character create, creator is really fun. Link it's or it really didn't fun. happen? <laughs> I, I, it's just, there's a lot of options. I've heard that you can name characters any number of random like swears, but you can't name them Kyle. <laughs> That's because no one should be named Kyle. Well, yes, but it's funny. Um, but I, is I it true? Naming part yet, but I have been playing around with the tools for probably an hour. <laughs> Good job. We're all proud. I need like a YouTube link to this. I don't. This is my life now. I'll I'll start streaming. Okay, sounds good. Oh, you got a Twitch stream going? Yeah, uh, so that'll we... be part two of the podcast. Yep, yep. Java streams, <laughs> and all of us will be like 
will be sitting there saying, no, make it blue, make it blue. <laughs> because in space, no one can watch you stream in any case. Ah, that That's not true. That I did know. not make sense. What? Or Come on. How much of what we actually say makes any sense anymore? How much of what you say makes sense? Seriously, 285 times we've done this. What's making sense anymore? Work with me on 95 times. You said 80. Well, I mean, we have also done it 285 times. Maybe. I mean, yeah, but there's more. Yeah. 10 more, to be exact. What? Your counting skills are amazing. I mathed something good. <laughs> wow. So, so Sir Sarah, a couple of weeks ago, you were at Tapaticon in yeah. Western Mass. Yeah. Is that and how it's pronounced? I already I said Tapatocon, and <laughs> let's call the whole thing off, and no one got it, so shut up. I hate you. I totally <laughs> thought it was Tapatocon, like Tomato Con. Yes, let's call the whole thing off. Con for a while. Yeah, um, you, you clearly get my joke. That's why I married you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Also I, because I made dinner. Get yeah, it too. Okay, uh, total, anyway. total side note. Have you guys heard about the Alexander Hamilton Broadway show? That guy was Only a dick. so much. I'm so, like, I'm sure it's great, but it's everywhere. And I'm over it. Ser- seriously, like, who likes Alexander Hamilton? Out of all of the founding care. fathers, the music is amazing. Out the of all the founding like- fathers, you chose Alexander Hamilton. I mean, if you're well, gonna go for a dick, go for John Adams. Well, okay, literally everyone for- is obsessed with this show, so I'm sure it's good. It's just I, I can't I can't get away from it. I, See, I- all I can't- that's all over my news right now is Allegiance. Okay. Oh, I haven't seen anything about it. I mean, I've seen like two things, but I mean, it opened. It opened like very recently, okay. so that's why. Anyway, we anyway. weren't going to do this till later. Back to tomato, <laughs> right? Con. Tomato, pato, con, con. baked with foil and sour cream. Let's let's welcome tomato, our guest, tomato. Mildred. <laughs> Mildred, welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, we're having puddle of consciousness right now. Normally it's stream of puddle, consciousness. Puddle, puddle. But we're not there. Wow. Mildred, I'm really glad you are amused by this. Because the alternative is is not good. No, no, I think you guys are pretty great. Oh, that's nice. There's Thank one you. in a row. One whole cast. Thank you. no <laughs> Now, Milk is one of the people that you met at TomatoCon. <laughs> yes. At the, got him. The no, no, I'm call it that. And we've got the con that a- actually contains natural light. Yeah. And lycopenes. No. No. <laughs> hey, I'm you- sure there was ketchup in there somewhere. Probably. There was a, a restaurant down at the, the other So end. it contains plenty of lycopenes. They prevent Great. cancer. Probably not. Thanks for but, sharing. You know. <laughs> Thank you for your contribution to this conversation. You're welcome. I take it seriously. Uh-huh. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I um, I went to Topaticon. It was great. Um, and I was kind of obviously scouting out people for the, the podcast. Um, and Mildred drew my eye with her pretty art. Um, and then I kind of got to talking to her and she mentioned that, or I'm sorry, I'm talking about you like you're not here. I was talking to you. <laughs> you mentioned, 
See, my brain, this is my brain after JavaScript, so apologies. It's okay. It's totally okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, I was talking to you and you mentioned that coming out soon, or actually you had the first issue of your queer high fantasy uh, comic. And I was kind of like, well, that's my jam, so yup. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's what I do. Yeah. Um, so um, talk a little bit about, you know, you, you know, Bound Blades, about Agents of the Realm. Like, who are you and what do you do for those who oh. do not know? Oh, that's a big question. <laughs> Very All right, let's, let's start small. <laughs> um, what got you into uh, creating your own comics? Um, so it started with Agents of the Realm, which I launched a little under two years ago. Um, and it started as a joke. I say this all the time. <laughs> Um, for people who ask, but it started because I was getting very cranky over Sailor Moon Crystal coming out, <laughs> and I was getting really annoyed over the pushbacks and the revisions of dates, and so I was like, I'm going to make my own Magical Girl series, and I wasn't fully intending on it actually becoming a real comic book, and then before I knew it, I was updating twice a week and getting this ball rolling. Nice. Um, so, as someone, I don't Really, I didn't really grow up with a lot of Magical Girls things, um, so I I read the, um, I'm a few, I think I'm a few weeks behind because I read it like right after Topatacon, mm -hmm. um, but for someone who doesn't really know the Magical Girl, like how that whole thing kind of works, um, I was actually like very able to kind of get the hang of it very quickly. Um, do you think like that... Mm, questions. What are questions? Um, can you talk a little bit about... Wow, you've like, got my interviewing kids. skills down! <laughs> you know what? Shut your face. Um, and then you made me lose my question! That's so rude! You ruined oh, no. everything. Um, so, for... Um, did you take the kind of ideas from, like, specifically from Sailor Moon or from a bunch of other places to kind of create this world or was it something that you kind of put a different spin on? Uh, I, I think it started off as me being like, I want to make a Sailor Moon basically like whole entire spin-off series, but eventually as like I developed it, um, it definitely kind of became this own like creature of its own, where in a lot of ways it pays homage to like a lot of different ad Magical Girl series that I grew up loving and watching obsessively when I was younger, um, but also ended up pulling from a lot of inspiration from stories that I loved when I was older past that time period, um, <clears throat> just because it's like a series geared more towards like an older audience, whereas with a lot of Magical Girl stories it's more geared towards kids. So there was only so much that I could really kind of, I personally felt, make a nod to those stories that I loved. And um, without kind of, I guess, like, doing it very poorly justice, just because it's geared towards a totally different demographic. So what other sources did you take uh, your inspiration from? Um, another story, like another Magic Girl story that I loved when I was younger was Magic Night Ray Earth. Um, I also loved, like, Cardcaptor Sakura, <clears throat> basically a lot of clamp stories. Um, and then there's also, like, a lot of Western cartoons that I loved, like Gargoyles. I loved that show when I was a kid. Um, that also ended up playing a pretty big influence on the story, too. Nice. So a lot of things you kind of have carried with you throughout the years have kind of brought 
been brought into this. That's fun. Yeah. I like that. So um, now I want to hear about Bound Blades. Um, tell me about where that came from. So Bound Blades was one of, actually one of the first comic book ideas I came up with. <laughs> I came up with it when I was like 17 or 18. Um, but it kind of became way too big for me to handle at that time period. It was just very overzealous, high fantasy <laughs> Um, that I think a lot of people end up getting into when they're younger. Um, so I ended up shelving it for a while, and over the years I ended up gutting it <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Um, and now it's kind of in this place that I'm a lot more happy with, um, that's more character-focused and following these journeys of these people, which is definitely more something that I'm into. And can you tell us um, kind of the, the plot and where you hope to go with it? Yeah, so the first issue is out already, and it basically sets up the story of Nadia. Um, she's a mercenary, and her first job, though she completed it, um, wasn't really perfect, and she left a lot of loose ends. And from that, she ended up coming across Serene, who becomes her self-imposed mentor. And the story basically follows how these loose ends kind of come back to haunt her. Ooh. Yeah. Very nice. Um, sure. And so do you, um, so you're publishing this yourself or how is this being published? Yeah, Bound Blades is being published per, like completely independently right now. Okay. And, and how, does that, how does that work? Um, it's been pretty good. I, a lot of it, what, like a lot of the sales that I saw were from the conventions because I had it at Tapaticon in my, this fall. Um, and I also have had a pretty good number of sales coming in from my online store as well. Are so are you publishing them yourself or are you working with someone to get them published? I like independent someone. Bound Blades is completely me. Like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and how have you, like, gone about doing that? Like, so you print them by yourself, or do you get them printed? Um, I get them printed at local places, just because okay. they're wonderfully affordable, and I don't have to pay for shipping. Yay! Yeah. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Awesome. So, Mildred, um, I have a couple of questions. Uh, yeah. I really like your art style. It's, it's Thank very, you. It's, it's a very warm, uh, comfortable art style, as opposed to, like, you know, harsh lines, hard lines, uh, agents of the realm is, is really pretty. Thank you. Um, where did, where, when, when did you start your art training and did, did you, is it like, did you go to art school or is it just something you've always done? Yeah, I mean, I've been drawing basically for my, like my entire life. Um, but eventually I did go to school for animation at Sheridan College in Canada. So that's where a lot of like my fine-tuning ended up happening. And, and as, as you've been doing it, have you seen, you seen your characters? I, there's, there's a really nice evolution throughout uh, Agents of the Realm of the evolution of the character's look over time. Yeah, yeah. It's, at first I was kind of apprehensive over the idea of doing a webcomic series because I'm kind of a pers like perfectionist and I like consistency and I knew that was not going to happen when you start a comic series. <laughs> totally doesn't happen on <laughs> yeah. a webcomic. Yeah. yeah, like I, I, there was a point where I had to accept it and now I kind of embrace it because I, I see it as like a nice way to 
keep track of like how I've improved. So it's been very cool watching all that entire evolution of the last like two years. It's yeah, it's it, there's it's a really the characters have actually morphed into I don't know I I don't know that there's a right way to say what what's actually happened. It's all good. <laughs> it's it's it they're more real now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like fleshed out more. Maybe yeah maybe that's what it is, but it's it's. Uh, your dialogue is really cool, and, and the, the the story arcs are a lot of fun to read. Thank you. Yeah, I feel like as like I feel like part of the growth of like my art, my artwork through the story has been in part because like I have been learning a lot more about how to tell these girls and all these characters more clearly. So it's like as I get better at vocalizing them, they become like a lot more clearly represented in my artwork. So it's been very interesting. Well, you're getting to know them better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and it's not like you have an artist doing the work and you're doing the scripting because you're yeah. actually doing both. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so how how's your process work with this? Do you like sit down and draw? Do you sit down and write then draw? Or do you just kind of wait for it to happen? Oh, I, I am like a total, I have to script and outline things first person. Um, I know there are people who like draw their pages on like a whim and I have no idea how they do that. Like I like <laughs> complete and total respect for them because I cannot function that way. Um, but I usually make sure that I have like the first chapter or like the, the chapter scripted entirely beforehand. And then, like, I move on to pencils and then cleaning up and coloring and things like that. So, a, a normal story arc for you over this two-year period would be a couple of months um, of pages? Because you're, you're actually doing two pages a week. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, like, I guess right now the way I see the story arcs are basically set up by, like, the book volumes. So... It will actually take me two years to finish this first story. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm in it for the long haul. For this. <laughs> yeah. but, but that wasn't the way it was originally going to be. Yeah, originally um, I wanted to make it like a monthly issue thing, like a quote-unquote real comic book. Um, but that wasn't going to work. <laughs> <laughs> well, is there a plan um, once this arc is completed to release this in a physical format? Oh yeah, yeah. So I'm actually currently in the works of like making plans for the first Kickstarter of the first volume, and that will be launching in February of next year. Ooh, very nice. So it's going to be kind of everything up to a certain point. Yeah. So it's going to be the first five chapters, and. There may be a special chapter added into it. Nice. Just for the book. Yeah. Yeah. That's fabulous. I'm excited for it. <laughs> yeah. um, so besides the really exciting Kickstarter, what is next for you? Um, what's next is doing a lot more planning um, and really trying to figure out how I want to keep telling this story because I really want this to go on and I want to see like the whole end of it um, but I think over the next few years I'm going to try and start figuring out ways to tell this a bit more efficiently 
Um, mm-hmm. Just because I am also very impatient and it has been very painful <laughs> getting to this point. <laughs> like even finishing the first volume. And the story itself is supposed to follow these girls for all four years of their college time. So um, at this rate, it would probably take me until I was like 45 to finish. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah. definitely don't want Many, that. many years. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do you have any like ideas of how you're going to do that or you know playing with a few ideas um I think eventually I when I am like at a point I would love to assemble like a team to actually start working on this um being able to actually pass on the artwork first to someone else um and getting someone to color it so I could really focus on writing the story itself and making it more tight and being able to actually get this out more efficiently just because doing it by yourself like I I don't think people quite realize exactly how much work it is when you're writing everything and drawing everything and editing everything. And it's like, oh, it would be And a coloring. Lot. Yeah. So and don't much. forget inking. Yeah. All yeah. the things. Yeah, all the things. So yeah. I'm like, it would definitely be nice to have help. <laughs> definitely. Um, and what about, how's your Patreon going? I see you have a link on your website. Is that working out for you? Yeah, it's been a lot of help. Um, like, it's been really helping fill in a lot of the gaps. Um, and I am endlessly thankful to all of my patrons who have been, like, super patient with me over these years and have been, like, sticking through it and watching the story evolve with me. It's been really awesome. <laughs> That's so great. So what are the, like, um, what can you get if you become uh, a patron? A lot of it is, like, behind-the-scenes look, up or update like sorry um early page updates um and i did also give them like the entire first chapter of bound blades and which is something that i'm probably going to continue to do as that story evolves awesome some some good stuff yeah and so what about bound blades how many issues do you have ready to go um like what is the uh, output schedule for that so for that i i'm i actually had to take like a little of a bit of a break um, after t- um, my expo this fall um, just because I after like getting this first page done or first chapter done I kind of realized that I kind of rushed through it um, because I wasn't expecting to actually get accepted into conventions this fall um, so I yeah. ended up kind of rush finishing finishing this first chapter yeah um, and um, but once that first chapter got done it kind of made me realize that there are a few things that I want to tighten up so right now I'm actually in the process of reworking the story and recently I made like this wonderful breakthrough that I've been waiting for um, to kind of fill in these last little bit of plot holes so I'm not essentially writing it as they go. Um, so I'm hope- I'm looking that starting in the new year, sorry if you guys heard that little tiny meow, that was my kitten. <laughs> Adorable. That was so adorable. That never happens to any of us. Um, oh. Yeah, she's just staring at me right now. She wants my attention. <laughs> I feel bad. Oh, poor yeah. baby. <laughs> um, but um, right now I'm looking to restart production of artwork and everything in January. I'm um, going to be releasing it chapter by chapter and then eventually doing a Kickstarter for the entire book. Fantastic. That's so exciting. Yeah. So many cool Very things exciting. happening. Yeah. Yes. So at this at this point, our listeners 
can catch up on two years of Agents of the Realm, which is which is a fun story. I got to tell you, yeah. it's, it's a lot of fun. It is. And, it's great. <laughs> and look for you at conventions because evidently you're going to be doing more of those. I'm hoping. Yeah, I've applied for some more in 2016. Um, probably later in the year, I'll have volume one books with me. Um, Fingers crossed, everything pans out with the Kickstarter, of course. Um, and then I'll definitely keep people posted on whatever conventions I get into. Absolutely, absolutely. It's Agents of the Realm, and it's Mildred Lewis. And, and it was a great find there, Sir Sarah. Thank you. I, that's is, what I'm here for. That's one of the things you're here for. Mildred. <laughs> that, and, that and sarcasm. <laughs> yes, but we have enough of that with everybody else. You really don't need to add to that. <laughs> Not that you won't, but you really don't need to. <laughs> Good. You, you know what we haven't figured out, though? What? When we used to have the the interview at the second half of the show, mm -hmm. we, we was an easy transition at that point. Now it's kind of an awkward transition to say, mm -hmm. and now... The news. <laughs> I really, don't, I really don't need that much warning. No, I, I understand that, but I mean, it's just—it's a weird transition for me. But hey, you know, I'm old. I'll get well, over. You're weird, so. It I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. So, uh, besides, you know, watching Java on uh, on Twitch while he's playing oh, no. with Fallout. Which, oh no. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's there. I'm not playing. I'm just well. I'm not playing the game. I'm just playing around with the all the options. I I'm fully here. Name somebody named Kyle, but that's okay. Uh, what's been going on this week? Anybody got any news? Because I've got very little, but I've got some. Um, nothing. The vast majority of news that I'm hearing either has to do with Fallout or. With the Star Wars movie. Oh, God. <laughs> or with how badly the Aaron Sorkin Steve Jobs movie is failing. Like, oh, no. those are the three things that everybody's talking about. <laughs> how badly is it failing? It got booted out of 1,200, at last count, theaters because of lack of ticket sales. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's... Oh, wait. Wait, wait. So did Gem and the Holograms. Yes, it did, actually. <laughs> yeah. Did Aaron Sorkin, Sorkin were talking write about that. Gem and the Holograms? Yes, Aaron Sorkin did that movie as well. That, this is how rumors <laughs> get started. I heard on the podcast that Aaron Sorkin wrote Gem and the Holograms. Perfect! That's Perfect. what I heard. Yep. Done. Yep, yeah, I think that's a great idea. So, uh, yeah, here, here's... I found an interesting article about our favorite director. Oh, an interesting <laughs> article. Michael Bay or J.J. Abrams? J.J. Abrams, <laughs> oddly enough. <laughs> um, which you can find under the post that I have there said, guess who said Star Trek Into Darkness had fundamental story problems? It was none other than the director himself, J.J. Abrams. Or, you know, everyone. Yeah, but I mean, right. at least he's finally admitting that he threw out a dog 
And it was J.J. J. J. Abrams, or as I like to call him, the worst! <laughs> Fundamental story problems and not enough Benedict Cumberbatch nudity. I gotta get my batch on, bitches. Uh, no. Exactly. Let's never no. say that again. Let's let's agree that we never <laughs> say that again. Let's just never talk about stop. this again. <laughs> wow. So, so, so J.J. Abrams just, finally it, admitted it was bad. In the course of this interview... He brings up the fundamental flaw with him directing Star Wars movies. Him directing anything. He has no follow-through. He has great concepts, and then he can't actually write. Stephen Moffat. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like that, exactly. What what he said was, I didn't want to enter into making a movie where we didn't really own our story. Speaking of Star Trek Into Darkness, well, he doesn't really own the story for the, the Star Wars saga either. It's not his story. So um, what it's 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 less no, he does because they're yeah, throwing out the extended he universe. He said here it is. Do what you it. want. If you want to use the extended universe, great. If you don't, fuck it. So yeah, he kind of does own it. Fans were like, um, extended universe, please. I, I mean, like, look, if if you go into Star Trek, he can't kill off Kirk. Yeah, that's true. He can't. Well, in in Star Wars, he wants to kill off Luke. He can go ahead and do that. No. Think about that for a minute. Think yeah, about Luke, it. Luke dying is good. Sure, I agree with you. I agree with you on that, no. but but no. In, in, the, in this analog, Luke is Kirk. I think Kirk dying would also kind of be good, but that's my opinion. And they would never let him, Paramount would never let him do that. Did we talk last week about the new Star Trek TV show? I forget. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think so. I, I ranted. no information. Well, I'm just still mad about it being behind a paywall. Fortunately well, or unfortunately, I didn't catch exactly which one that was. It won't. It won't. And I, I don't know. The conclusion that I came to is, it doesn't matter. Like, it's not going to be a successful show regardless, because it's all the same. Isn't that what we said? It's all the same writers, and then we went off onto a huge tangent about. How yeah. horrible these writers uh, are. Yeah, I don't remember. And, uh, but we were excited about the company, right? The company, right? Because it's the same one that did Doctor Who, and Bad everyone Wolf. was like, right. "No, yeah. they right. weren't involved with Doctor Who. They're just called Bad Wolf for no reason." And I was like, "You guys are all on crack." And then who was right? Me. Previously <laughs> on Sci-Fi Saturday Night. <laughs> Recap. <laughs> Recap. I was right. Saturday End night. of story. Currently on Sci-Fi Saturday Night, Sarah has no concept of what day it is. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Every day is Benedict Cumberbatch Day. No. Please, <laughs> dear God, no. <laughs> I love him so much. I do not. Oh, come on. There's nothing no. wrong with Cumberbatch. You don't mm. love his melodious voice? Mm, I mean, that's fine, but he said some pretty shitty things about autism, so... Yeah, in his melodious voice. <laughs> it doesn't change the fact that they were shitty. No, very nah, every celebrity is pretty shitty. So celebrities, are less celebrities. Than That's because everybody is pretty shitty. No, just, yeah, yeah, everybody is pretty shitty. Some people just get caught, and yeah. some people are less shitty than others. Not me. <laughs> 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 like, 
I say shitty things about lots of different people. So George R. R. Martin, shall I start? What? No, let's not. Hey, you know what? You know what? I I got a Kickstarter of the week, and it's it's something that's near and dear to my heart. Wait, can I guess? Go ahead. Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. What is perhaps one of the finest shows ever put on television for for people of my generation who did stuff while they were watching TV and and really enjoyed it. Uh, Joel Hodgman is bringing is attempting to bring back Mystery Science Theater with an amazing Kickstarter. They need two million dollars. First day in, they've got a million. Oh, is two. that all? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, one day into the Kickstarter, and they're already halfway there. Past halfway, past halfway. And and to be perfectly honest, two million dollars for to to bring that show back on the air is that's completely worth it. Wasn't there a reboot recently? What I seem to remember vaguely. Maybe it was a, a like a special mini series or something that they did. There I was. There was an MST3K. How many central ran it? I think, uh, but they they're going to actually do for two million dollars uh, a new season of up to twelve feature length episodes, which awesome. I think is just the best. Uh, for those people who don't remember, Joel Hodgman was the original uh, caretaker on the Satellite of Love, and uh, he was. Let's also- agree never to say that again. What satellite of love? Yes, that's where it's. That's where Mystery Science Theater is taped on the satellite of love. Can't help it. Sorry. And this is going till December twelfth. And by God, with thirty more days to go, I, I think they're going to get this to happen. I would love to see. Uh, uh, I mean, I have so many. DVDs of, of some of their great shows. Well, and it looks like two million is their minimum goal. So if they reach right. two million, they can do three episodes, and then kind of they have more stretch goals that hopefully they can get up to twelve episodes at five point five million. I'm just wondering what's so expensive. The rights to the old movies. Most of the ones they've done have been. We're public um, domain at the time. Were, yeah. but are are the ones that they are going to be doing? Do we know Don't that? Know. Probably Don't not. Know. Maybe maybe they have to also buy the rights to the characters. Is it the original production company? Don't they might know. have to actually buy the rights to the show. Yeah. Oh, that that would yeah. make sense. So there, there's a lot of ways it could get expensive. Okay, so, I was just thinking about, oh, all these things are in the public domain. Why would they need to pay for them? But no, that makes sense. It looks like the, the rights have been tied up for years. Um, so it does look like they might have to buy the rights back. And then are they going to get the original cast members? Like, So you said they were getting Joel, but are they getting the original voices of the puppets? The bots are, the bots are back. Uh, I don't know who's doing the voices, but Tom Servo and and Crow. All right, so then they have to pay those guys too. Right, not to mention right. they have to pay for production, which could easily run a million. So, so I mean, you know, two million is not really out of the realm of. Uh, it's pretty cheap. It seems like it, it really. It, it does seem like a bare minimum figure when you're talking about this type of a show. Well, and yeah. and also the other thing is that it. I doubt that the 
Kickstarter is entirely for getting it made, right? They have to have some kind of backing already. Yeah. Right. There's no yeah. way they get to this point in their in their PR. No, uh, they they probably have backing contingent upon this Kickstarter doing well because their backers probably said, "Demonstrate us some interest in this." Yeah, right. this is proof right. of concept more than. Well, so, not even proof of concept. Proof of we can make money proof, off of this. Proof yeah. of interest, maybe. That's what I said. <laughs> Good. Thank you. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Thanks, thanks for sharing. I mean, I said it like five minutes ago, so. Oh, well, yeah, no. Yes. Whatever, bro. You're smart. I am smart. You are smart. Yeah, you know, it's it's really funny that I, most people don't know that show actually got two Emmy nominations. Which is insanity. What categories? I have no idea. Is there a puppetry Emmy category? And if there is, why didn't I know that? (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea. I can't help you. But for the right amount of money, you can actually get a a walk-on in the show. I don't know how much that is, but... How do you walk on to a satellite? It doesn't. Um, it doesn't. I would. I wouldn't buy a walk on to MS three uh, K. I would buy a walk on onto Red Dwarf. Well, yeah, but there's that. Is that there a chance it. to do that? No, no. That's but, a whole story. But I just, I just went off into a fantasy in my head. I didn't know if it was Java's fantasy realm. I think there's a sound effect for that. Let's see. That one seems good. Lovely. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a place where cats are people, like real, like stand up. <laughs> this like, is why we keep you around, Java. What? Like it's a, a weird fetish. Shrek thing? It's a weird Where fetish. Where they wear little hats and stuff. No, no, oh, like a little hat. They've evolved into humanoid creatures. A so like a Doctor Who thing with little hats. Sort of. <laughs> You're really. They're also really they're also just hats. as much of a uh, of jerks as they are now. Well, they are cats. Yeah, they're cats. Exactly. What did you expect? So they like to like say sleep on your clean laundry. Yeah. Or say bite your friends when they come to visit to watch Bob's Burgers. Damn it, now. Or, or puke on your shoes. <laughs> or pee on your shoes. Thank you, Lyra. <laughs> hmm. Sad. Our dude. cats have done these things. <laughs> yeah, that was the implication. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. You, you, so now we you need know, to leave Java's fantasy world. We do. So yeah. I'll play this backwards. All right, now we've Thank left Java's fantasy so world. Very much for that. So Fox TV this year is is uh, having what they call the Summer of Sci-Fi. Uh, Don't they have that every year? Kind of scares me. Well, they're bringing back the X-Files, which uh. some of us are looking forward to and others of us are not. Boo! Next. Wait a minute, Gracious. wait a minute. This is not happening till summer? No, winter. Winter. Wrong winter. season. You, you ruined winter. Everything. Winter of sci-fi. Yeah, all the things. Okay, that's a completely different thing. That makes a uh, lot more sense. Totally okay, more okay. sense. So they're also Although bringing... Alien Abductions is really a 
is really a summer kind well, of... Well, not if you live in Nevada. Well, I mean, yeah, but... <laughs> then it's year about, fucking round! <laughs> think about alien abduction movies that you love, and they're, like, I can't, all I can't think summer. of any. Men in Black? Can I, can I just say we tried to watch Exeter? We could not. What is it? Exeter? Incident at Exeter? No. Okay. It's What's a Netflix original movie. It's a yeah. Oh. It was. Oh. We we got like really ten minutes. We got like ten minutes into it. It was not. Ouch. Good. Yeah. They they've <laughs> never done a good movie about uh, the Betty and Barney Hill story, but who knows? Dome continues to hope. Yeah, I do actually because it's you know it's a story that I. It's grew a story up. about satanic panic. And no. false memories. It's got nothing to do with either. It but has everything it. to do with those things because they were hypnotized. It, but it didn't. They they weren't hypnotized during the Satanic Panic. No, the whole reason that the Satanic Panic happened was because of this like hypnotherapy recovered memories bullshit. Maybe. Yeah, Maybe. It's, it's pretty accepted. Well, that there were no satanic cults, and that lots of people went to jail well, because there of were these. No, no, no there were no satanic cults, and there was a culture of, you know, this this belief. First of all, believe anything a child says. Number one. Never. Well, look, you you shouldn't you should always investigate if there's any sort of suspicion of a child being abused. No one is well, saying yeah, that you shouldn't. But what you can do when you put people under hypnosis, when when the intention is to figure something like this out, it puts that seed in their mind even unintentionally, even if you don't say it to them while they're not hypnotized. And they tons of people recovered false memories and put innocent people in jail. This is accepted. Yep, this is what happened. So that now, happened. when you say that the that's not what happened here, I have to have some skepticism because they were hypnotized, and that's a lot of the information. Yeah, it's ninety nine percent of it. Well, <clears throat> you and I come from different cultures, so that's okay. I choose uh, my false gods, and you choose yours. <laughs> I have no imaginary friends. Uh -huh. Thanks for that. So after the X-Files this winter, also coming up on Fox, is a, a, a show called Second Chance, which was formerly called Looking Glass. Formerly uh, called Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brought, uh, a disgraced cop is brought back to life uh, and given a second chance as a 35-year-old. I'm okay. bored. Yeah, I know. We've so bored. I'm basically I've snoring right so now. So bored. Wait, was it forever canceled? <laughs> yeah. Right? They canceled forever for that crap? I know. Wait, that wait, was wait. actually kind of a good show, wasn't it? There's actu forever actually more crap here. There's another show called Lucifer. I'm in. Uh, Just kidding. I have no idea. <laughs> it's the story of Lucifer Morningstar, the Lord of Hell, who abandons his throne and retires to L.A. <laughs> um, what? Yeah, exactly. What just happened? Exactly. Is this, is this based on the Sandman series? No, why, why would it be exactly like that, but not? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> 
It is based on something. Uh, DC Entertainment's Vertigo imprint, but it doesn't say... It might just be the comic that's called Lucifer. I don't know. Wasn't Sandman published under Vertigo? Yeah, Sandman was published. Yeah, it was. But it doesn't say anything about Sandman. It just yeah, says no. He yeah, he takes over. He he has a nightclub called Lux, and he becomes a consultant for the LAPD. Yeah, this is right. exactly this. That's the show. Yeah. So it yeah. is the same thing. So I so won't be watching that. Neil Gaiman, probably... go fuck yourself. <laughs> nice. So probably what. Somebody else will never be on around. the show. Thank you. Hold on, I can't hear Zombrarian. So this what is you basically. Think? Sorry, go ahead. This is basically um, all those rumors that were floating around a little while ago about oh they're going to make Sandman into a TV series. Exactly. They weren't. They were making a Sandman spinoff into a TV series. Mm. Or a Sandman light, or a Sandman wannabe. This, this honestly. Lucifer. So I mean, I have all the Sandman comics. I haven't read them. I'm told I will like them, but I was I've been burned before, and this does not make me want to <laughs> read them at all. Well, this is a Sandman. This isn't. It's a Sandman spin-off. But it's, it's part of it. Sidebar, yeah, though, but... one point in its defense, apparently Constantine does appear in there, so... Yeah, he does. So maybe he'll come back Pretty more. consistently, too. Uh, <sighs> I do love that. the thing him. is that Lucifer as a series just doesn't have the same kind of... Um, Anything? I don't know. It, it's, it's too... Okay, so so Sandman as a series, as, a, as, a, as an art, a story arc was kind of the the best parts of Neil Gaiman because it was high concept and also it didn't tell you everything right it left the mystery there and and Lucifer didn't do that as a series it 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 was basically monster of the week and Lucifer was an interesting character but you know he ends up doing exactly what you expect him to do go back to hell and take back his kingdom like that's exactly what he does so i i mean spoilers java <laughs> yeah cuz you're going to read it i just threw my knitting <laughs> wow wow I didn't need to know that yet. No, I'm totally not going to watch it. Um, but so, so here's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like Sandman as a world is pretty good, but now they've taken this bullshit out of context and made it stupid. Yeah. No, no. I mean, I mean, the I read probably 80 issues of Lucifer before I stopped. Oh, so this was its own. Okay, wait. So it's a yeah. spinoff comic series as well. It's as a spinoff yes, comic series. Oh, okay. I didn't understand. Um, but and and it was okay. I mean, it was entertaining, and and you got they actually. Wait a minute! Now I need to get mad though, because they canceled Constantine for this crap. Ugh. Yeah, but and see, I was forever. never, I was never drawn to the Constantine Ugh. comics. Ugh. So I thought the show was kind of interesting, about the comic itself. I don't know. Ugh. So the clickbait of the week. Uh, I I see this headline. It said, "Joss Whedon is working on a new musical." Great. What is it? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Right. Right. Well, it could be... Well, uh, bite me, you dickhead. And maybe it'll be something he takes to the studios, or maybe he'll make it on his own. And it's like, thanks. Thank you. That was so astute. What an excellent observation. (laughs) Right? Wow. The most amazing clickbait art art I've ever read. It's like, Uh, here's every possibility. 
You're welcome. I, right? I, I'm going to go back to it watching person, person of Interest dissolve into the steaming pile of crap that every J.J. Abrams show turns into. Yeah. God damn it, Person of Interest. So sad. Was, you were so good. Oh, I haven't started oh, watching it yet. It's really good, at least for a couple seasons. Yeah. Which is which is longer than most of them last, to be fair. Right. Well, and don't the ladies kiss? I don't recall ladies kissing, but every lady written on this show is badass. Okay. I, yeah. I, I mean, there aren't tons of them. There are enough, I guess. No, there aren't enough. Let's put it that way. <laughs> there, there There's a completely... Reg- so there's a regular, completely badass woman of color detective who I love. Nice. Um, nice. Amazing. And every other woman written on there is fantastic. Okay, one good. of the one of the people of interest was a black lesbian doctor whose wife was in danger. Oh, I and, forgot about her. Yeah, yeah. And if you think about it, the show was made. She in was a heart surgeon. So. That's right. That's nice. All right. Well, I'll, I'll have to watch well. it because that's like you know, it, yeah. you're speaking to my soul. Yeah, they're 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 very much equals. Good. In like every woman is is an equal to one of them. Uh, on the show, and, and actually, the other detective on the show is a bumbling white dude, and he yes, he is. He cannot do a damn thing right. He can't get out of his own way. It's no, Fusco. I know. The dog is also a highlight. The yeah, dog. Very and cool also dog. the Asian guy who's now recurring, apparently. Really, uh, Leon, Leon, he's so great. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Any, in any case, it's a super diverse cast. Awesome. And it's somewhat well written, except for the overarching. <laughs> well, the overarching plot is not well written. The characters themselves are are quite well written. I I will say that. If we're, if we're, it's, it's in it's, my Netflix queue. So it, the nice thing about it is it's a dystopian future that's in the present. Huh. So, Dome, you just it, contradicted yourself again. I know it, but that's exactly what the storyline is. Well, you can say it's dystopian without saying it's a dystopian future. But it, no, but it kind of is. And, well, it's and a dystopian it's an alternative not. reality? Yeah. Maybe an alternate reality. Yeah. Maybe. Which, or is it? Or is it? Or, it or are we living in a dystopia? The no, would say yes. Let's so, not. I bought a play. <laughs> you, you, bought a, you bought a play. How'd that go? Um, for one of my... Um, Speech kids, it's called. Hold on, I gotta look for it. Anyway, good. <laughs> that was random. <laughs> Thanks, Java. I just liked. I just really liked the the title of it. Now I can't find. Java's it. purchasing history, everyone. <laughs> Java, <laughs> yeah, Java live stream says Amazon purchase history. <laughs> <laughs> I'd still watch that. You should. <laughs> It's actually <laughs> with like, person of interest on in the background. How many times will I put the two hundred dollar axe into my cart and then take it out? And put <laughs> a two hundred dollar axe? Out? Are you gonna yeah. make a don't, shotgun don't even, axe? Don't. It's a long story. Oh, so, well, so now I, I don't. I don't think Java he's is planning that. a murder. Everyone, <laughs> no, let's not do that. Please, let's not do that. <laughs> Kriana, my dear, you heard it here first. Java's planning a murder. Yes. Thank you. Can we talk about who's going to be on the show in the next couple of weeks? Oh. we got to think of a more graceful way to do that, huh? Yeah, evidently. So, you know, how long has the show been going on? <laughs> Too damn long. 
Anyway, next week we have someone else. Um, Christina Messia, maybe, who does something. Um, the Kickstarter thing. Management of Wonder. Exactly, what she said. Uh, the week after that, Alan and Chris from HB Comics are coming on to talk about something that they do. I wouldn't know what it is, because it's not on the calendar. Allison Wilgus and Paul Starr of Sock Dollager Publishing. I'm not sure what they publish, but it sounds fun. On the 12th. Thank you. On the 19th, Melinda Snodgrass, writer of Star Trek Renegades, coming to talk about her new book. Thank you for that context. And on the 26th, Amacha Pandya talks about her artwork. And no show on January 2nd. Enjoy the new year, Sir Sarah. Woo! Well, Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Boston Comic Con, Granite Con, BooksandBooze.com, and ComicArthouse.com. Visit ComicArthouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. Check out more of their grooves at LawrenceMadeMeCry.com. Tonight's intro music provided by Rob Watts. Find more of his creations at RobWattsOnline.com. Dome. I want to thank Mildred Lewis for just putting up with us for an hour. <laughs> Very impressive. Good, good Lord, Mildred, you've got stamina. I'll give you that. She's got a great oh. webcomic called, <laughs> oh my God, Agents of the Realm. And, thank you guys. <laughs> ah, and I lost the title and, and we'll have links and everything. It was really, really cool. And, and thank you so much for being on tonight. Thank you. I want to thank uh, our cast for just random garbage that we've been throwing around at each other for the past hour. From the Revere Time Vortex, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Kriana, and the woman of words, Zombrarian. Thank you, ladies. You're welcome. Continuing our own personal galaxy quest, Sir Sarah, thank you, my dear. Back from the shadows into the yogurt, it's Awake by Java. What was the name of the play? Dystopia, the hungry maze game of divergent death by Don Zelitis. This is Inc. Shared pain is lessened, shared joy increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody. I know.